Thank you for listening to the Ace Jewelers podcast. This is an exclusive audio-only episode of the podcast series The Art of Collecting Wristwatches by Ace Jewelers. In this series, we interview wristwatch collectors all over the world. We want to know what makes them tick. Wouter. Hi, Alon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good to see you. Yeah. I'm actually looking at you. Yes. So welcome to my domain. You've been here many times. Yep. Um, actually in context of Red Bar Crew Amsterdam. So you are a proud and fun member. Yep. You are discreetly famous in the watch scene as wrist icons. Mm-hmm. In front of me is sitting Wouter van Dijk. Very, very passionate watch guy. Besides that he's a friendly guy. He's very passionate. And I'm very, very curious how you ro- tumbled down the rabbit hole of collecting wristwatches. Because yep. first and foremost, you're a collector. Mm-hmm. Um, Professional collector, I know. <laughs> yeah, but you literally made a profession out of your hobby. Yeah. Because that's how it is, right? Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, Do an elevator pitch quickly what wrist icons is. Uh, wrist icons started like four years ago when I turned 40 um, as a, a, a platform for buying selling uh, iconic watches mm-hmm. and I turned like you said uh, my passion into uh, yeah, into my uh, work mm-hmm. and um, I think col- the, the iconic watches was really what made me uh, tick and I thought there was a good demand for Right now, I've yeah, I'm more all over the place also because I really love watches. <laughs> and guys, it's a pity we don't have a camera on because Wouter brought some pieces. The first thing I just want to let you guys hear. I think my mic is picking it up. I'm recording right now without headphones on. So as you guys are used to, I'm not editing these episodes, yeah. unlike the real time show which Rob Nuts does. Um, yeah, this is an uh, observatory chronometer pocket watch. And it is a marvel uh, piece. Actually, it's a uh, graduation piece of a watchmaker from uh, Switzerland. And he made, um, as a graduation piece, he made a wristwatch, but also a pocket watch, what was uh, very usual at that time uh, to make pocket watches. And the funny thing is, this is an observatory-tested chronometer. So this is not your regular um, um, chronometer, but it is tested by an observatory. And there were a couple of observatories, like in uh, Neuchâtel, but also in uh, Besançon in France. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is very particular, this piece, because this graduation piece has... uh, um, all the paperwork from um, the university, from the school, I mean, but also from the bureau, uh, the chronometry, and also from the observatory. Yeah, so really rare kind of piece. And that says a lot about Wouter. 
So let's just dive in, Walter. I'm going to try to keep this episode at 30 minutes. Knowing you and me, that will be very hard as we're both chatterboxes. <laughs> so tell us how you got into watches. Um, yeah, for me, it was actually, uh, as a kid, I was already intrigued um, yeah, by the watch of my dad. And he had uh, a just And um, I thought it was really interesting, like, how did that work? Uh, automatic movement and thereby there were some pieces flow, yeah, uh, lying in, shel in, in shelves from my, from my dad and my granddad also I had a really interesting um, Asterix watch with Edefix walking on this glass plate yeah, on the dial um, and also like a Orfina uh, black PVD I know you don't like PVD but uh, those kind of watches really triggered like a passion and as a kid I already started like buying books uh, watch books in, in Switzerland and in Italy like Orologi non solo and as really as a young teenager I was buying these kind of books and I was intrigued by strange watches such as uh, Frank Muller uh, but also IWC and Gégère uh, Lecoultre like really the bang for the buck high comp uh, watches those were really in vogue at that time mm. so interesting yeah. but you didn't start off working on watches immediately did you no i actually i was also always interested in uh, history and art history um, but i went uh, to rotterdam studying uh, business administration mm -hmm. and then i started working more uh, in the marketing sales uh, uh, environment and later on also in the, in the publishing company of my uh, my dad. Amazing. Yeah. And when did you start collecting? Very early on? Uh, <clears throat> no, I, 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 the funny thing is I've never been that much of a collector. So I always had like, uh, I didn't bring on the table like my, uh, my first watch, my oldest big crown that I bought like with my pizza money. Um, but I only have a couple of watches for my own uh, own collection, for my own private collection. Um, I really love telling the stories because what yeah, what makes me tick. Um, I think these watches are are storytelling devices, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. So I more like to tell the stories and to hunt new stories. Cool. So you gave away half of next question which is what attracts you to watches um if for me it is yeah that can be everything uh, it can be the, the i think first for most you, you get attracted by the the view how does it sit on your wrist mm -hmm. yeah? and, and, and that's also what uh, what a good italian <laughs> does he picks up a watch and puts it on the wrist mm -hmm. and what does it but how does it make you feel mm -hmm. uh Secondly, I'm, I'm also, uh, I really love uh, hardcore watchmaking. Mm -hmm. So uh, the movement is really important. Mm -hmm. uh, like I really respect the, the, the watchmaking skills and uh, the technique, uh, the, the, the finishing, etc. I think that's really important. Um, and, and that's why I'm not attracted to quartz watches. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, and You actually also gave away my next question. 
which is what makes you think about watches. So is it design, history, the movement, the complication, the style and narrative? You actually gave away that answer. Um, what does it the most for you? If you had to pick one. Um, for, for me right now, um, I, I, it's, it's really strange because I, I don't like that much uh, actually the possession of a piece. Mm -hmm. I really like to hunt pieces down and uh, then I'm really satisfied about um, making pictures, telling the story mm -hmm. and uh, uh, going hunting the next one. And um, um, if I would I, I, actually, if I would have all the watches in in in, uh, in a vault or whatever, that would would make me really happy. Yeah. So I'm really happy about like uh, uh, finding next next uh, next watches. What attracts me most? Yeah. It can be everything. I think. So you're taking the old Dutch proverb saying, "Then jacht is schoner dan de vangst." Uh, yes, very literal. Yeah, very. Which translates to um, the hunt is nice, and then the actual catch. Yeah, um, interesting. In your own private collecting journey, so not for the business yeah. and not for your clients, because I assume you also mm -hmm. are a um, hunter for your customers. May if I may refer to that. Um, what's your particular focus? Is it just vintage? Do you have new? And it, it, it is a very interesting um, question because I've, I've been thinking way more about uh, collecting uh, philosophy. And I, I also think in your podcast, uh, you had some collectors that are really uh, thoughtful about this, like Fred Mandelman, yeah. for instance, uh, Watch Fred. Yeah. Uh, but also other guys like, uh, like uh, Roni. Yeah. Um, these guys, they really have a big vision about a clear thought about collecting. And yeah, for themselves. For themselves. For themselves. They have a theme. Yeah, yeah. they have a theme yeah. also, but they think you're not a collector if you're a hoarder and if you have uh, That's not true. if you have thousand pieces from various. That's quality. not true. <laughs> I've seen quite some uh, people also with uh, really big collections, but with uh, quality that is. Yeah, not that high. Yeah. And then only like 5% of their collection is quality that I would buy. Yeah. So, yeah, but f if they're happy with it, that's cool. <laughs> Could we say that ironically your name is Wrist Icons, but in your private collection, they're not per se the pinnacle evergreens. The, the, the 12 and a dozen watches you actually like the oddities a bit uh, yeah is that correct yeah now I'm so it's an ironic a bit no I'm, I'm actually for, for, for my private I'm completely I love the Marmite pieces yeah that's what really attracts it the, 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 I call it Marmite hate it or love it yeah. uh, because only 5% actually likes Marmites unless you're yeah. English yeah like my wife but the thing, <laughs> the thing is for, for for Rolex, for instance, I, I really love like the root beer, the, yeah. uh, the vintage root beers. Yeah, it's it's really hated or love it. Yeah, like my first Rolex was a two tone Dejus. Yeah, it was really not invested. Yeah, so you don't go, you don't go for the 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 the, 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 the evergreens, the the, the, the uh, leaders of the pack in a collection. Uh, uh, not particularly. Um, 
but on the other hand, um, I think it's really interesting to um, get a vision of what will be collectible. Yeah, and what will be the next one, and that that's really what makes me big. Like wh where, what's next, and why, and build the philosoph philosophy about why is it? What's the rationale about it? That's interesting. Okay, mm. bonus question for you then. Yeah. Could you mention three to five watches that have been produced the last five, maybe a decade? I'll give you a decade. Yeah. Modern watches that have been produced in the last 10 years that you think will be the next Nautilus, Royal Oaks Yeah. They, in the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. They, that's If we give them that runway. And I think things go faster now yeah. because of internet and Instagram. Yeah, I think uh, those are two uh, that I can really think of. It's, of course, uh, the, the, the Octa, mm -hmm. the Octa Venusima. That Bulgari. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, that really is a strong proposition. And uh, they, they, they see it as a canvas right now yeah. because it's already so iconic right yeah. now within 10, 15 years. And, uh, Less, it's yeah, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. It's literally yeah, the 10th so anniversary yes, of the Finissimo. Yeah, the years. Octo exists yeah. a bit longer, but the Finissimo is 10 years. Yeah, and I think that's a very nice accomplishment. And uh, the design speaks to me. Mm -hmm. um, the second one is, I think, uh, the Black Bay. Yeah. Um, that can be a really iconic piece. Um, Although it's tricky, I think. Because it's a retro. Watch. Yeah, it's kind of. I find that true. Yeah, I think it's a retro watch, but it's uh, muddy waters. I see. Yeah, it's a retro-inspired watch. It never actually existed yeah. in today's yeah, but configuration. Still, I think it's pivotal piece for for Tudor. Okay. Tudor. Watch. But do we, but okay, let's take it from there. I think the Pelagos is a new design. Yeah, and that could be one. Yeah, but uh, if you uh, like the, the the average Joe on the street. Would really doesn't uh, would not recognize the Pelagos. That's okay. Yeah, that was the same. So you say yeah. the design is to be unique. Um, I think the the design. I think the Pelagos is uh, the, the 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 left hand is. Yeah, sorry, uh, 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 fucking cool watch. Yeah. Sorry that we have to peep that. That's out. okay. No, we're not peeping. Yeah. So it's it's it can be uh, R rated. Yeah. So okay, all right. So and, and do you want to mention more models? Um, something that's uh, yeah, it is another one actually. That's a really strange one that people don't see yet. Um, it, it's actually uh, uh, from Cartier. The, I don't know if it's already more than 10 years. The, the ballon, the ballon d'or, ballon d'or, ballon bleu, the ballon bleu, ballon d'or. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. You're thinking of the, yeah. of the soccer matches of yeah, the world cup, but yeah. Ballon Bleu. Yeah, and yeah. I think it doesn't get the recognition, but I think it's really Cartier. It's really a different uh, kind of round I'm shape. I'm with you. But uh, almost every Cartier yeah. watch is iconic. Off the yeah. bat, almost. Yeah, but th th this one doesn't get any kind of love from the big cr big crowds. Yeah, the maybe, watch from the, but, from the but, watch uh, collecting crowd. But maybe because the crowd, unfortunately, is dominated by men, yeah. not enough women. Yeah. And the Ballon Bleu is a very feminine watch. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's so, a really cool piece. Interesting. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think of uh, the Streamliner? What do you think of the Antarctic? Do you think those guys, so Chapek Antarctic, this Moser Streamliner? Do you think those watches Streamliner is? Will that will they be up there? Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah. 
yeah, I think I think Moser is killing it right now, and they're really strong. They acknowledge themselves that it is an, uh, their icon, and they will build on that uh, canvas. I think yeah. um, for the Antarctic, I'm not sure um, if that's already that recognizable. It's more really in crowd, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the the, the um, and also not that different uh, because the streamliner is really different. And uh, if you put it on the wrist, it's yeah, it's like really a different kind of piece. It reminds me of the Flight Master or the the Lobster from some Omega models. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'll shut up now. Next question. Would you like to share some watches in your collection? Uh, so name and describe the ones in yeah. your collection and tell us why you got them. Yeah. And why are you never letting go of them? Yeah, no, I bought my first uh, Oros Big Crown uh, from um, yeah it, it, as a teenager in in uh, Lugano, Switzerland, and uh, that one that hurt because it was your first savings. Mm-hmm. Right now, that uh, watch has really nice um, creamy patina mm-hmm. on it because it's from the early nineties. And uh, that watch, I. I uh, had it with me like uh, during my university graduation, etc. And uh, also yeah, the very uh, vivid memories of, of being like uh, a student and uh, doing your first u- uh, jobs, etc. So that's still a very important watch. I don't wear it that much, but when I put it on the wrist, it's I think the design is... It was what, 33, 35 millimeters? 36. Did you add by the two-tone? Uh, no, I had the... Uh, full steel? Uh, full steel. And it's uh, it's uh, very... I always have it with uh, a NATO strap, yeah. funny enough. But m- because it's like pilot. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's really, really cool watch still. Yeah, so you're not letting that go. No. And that's the emotional value. Yeah. And then uh, secondly... Um, I, before I started like in the business, uh, getting uh, the trading, I only had like uh, one extra watch and it was my uh, first, my uh, two-tone Datejust. And then I went buying and selling it for, because uh, I wanted the Speedmaster and then you start buying and selling stuff. And I don't have that much watches, but I have like also the engineer mm-hmm. in my private collection, put, put it like recently in uh, the IWC, um, engineer the 3207 i think i don't know the reference I, I always bad but he's talking about the first re-edition iwc did about 15 years ago yeah i had it twice yeah i had it twice in my private collection as yeah. well it's inspired by the gel genta version by of the, the sl from 1832 the yeah. Yeah. yeah so um it was the first uh shock Absorbing 8,000 caliber, I believe. Yeah. Faraday cage, yeah. soft iron. Um, so this one you're not letting go? Now the thing is, what I this is like, uh, I always want to make, uh, uh, point out pieces that are um, interesting and that are collectible and that people aren't seeing it right now. Yeah. Because I think five or a lot of pros like you and collectors were really onto the, into this watch yeah. at that time yeah. and you all sold them yeah and i right, just did i regret it and right now it isn't a watch that is in fashion but i right. think the rationale 
Shinra Chenta did like the Royal Oak, <coughs> Nautilus, and some other models like Constellation, the Polarator. But this is like the Trifecta, eh? like uh, with, Trifecta. With, with the with the Royal Oak and the Nautilus. Yes. And those pieces, modern or vintage, are are like a fortune. Yeah. And you can pick this up for still reasonable yeah. uh, money, uh, way below uh, a modern uh, Submariner. And it's it's really bang for the buck. It is. It I totally is agree with you. In-house movement. But you know, I only realized why I let it go twice. Yeah. It's when I got my Octo. Yeah. And if you think about it, the red thread with Genta is not only integrated bracelets. Yeah. And a different design. And obviously steel where the norm was gold. Yeah. For the price of gold. Was slim. Yeah. And that's where they went wrong with this and one. That's exactly uh, what I, I, I hate about it. They don't need a micro rotor on this yeah. one, but if they would go slim or hand wound, which yeah. it needs to be automatic, but the thing then then it was spot on. And then they let this whole yeah. design go. The yeah. current engineer, in my humble opinion, is ugly. Yeah. Has nothing to, yeah, well, it's inspired by the original engineer from the 50s. It doesn't make sense right now. But they're mishmashing the name. Icon. Yeah, if you have such an icon, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's not well thought. Yeah. Uh, in this market, you should have a similar uh, Genta inspired. Model. I think this is something actually that I see is um, but a, a missed opportunity. They're not grabbing that momentum, although they have the heritage. Yeah. This is strangely strange for me. Actually, I now that I think about it, yeah, and we're talking about it, I heard from a, from from a rumor that they're thinking about it well it's about time yeah it would but it's you're you're spot on also because it's it's a fig but the thing is what makes me smile about it it's the same with like when the first time i had the royal oak uh with the, the beast the yeah. offshore yeah with the og from the mid 90s yeah. on my wrist and that's a really thick machine yeah like it's a monster but when you put it in the wrist, it's like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> no, I, you know how I used to use it? Literally as a daily beater. Yeah. It was either a G-Shock or yeah. this one. Yeah. yeah. That's how I would treat yeah. it. But I love titanium and I, the older I get, I'm going to less is more. Yeah. Three hands. Yeah. Titanium, all satin finished. So that's why <laughs> yeah. the Octo came for me at a perfect time. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of waiting for yeah. the, the most amazing story in your collection. Are you going to share? Uh, yeah, now this is an interesting uh, watch. Also, I, yeah, the thing about buying pieces is uh, yeah, to, to fulfill a kind of need, personal need, in, in your collecting journey. It's always interesting, but um, I had an idea to give my dad a watch, um, to thank him for. Uh, yeah, being a dad, but also supporting, uh, uh, he supported part of my business. Um, not the whole, I really <laughs> arranged a lot, uh, a lot more myself. But um, as a thank you, uh, I gave him uh, Explorer One. And the thing was, uh, because I have this watch business, I had uh, Explorer One, like the newest model from uh, Flipper, actually. And I was making pictures of it and uh, doing and doing the, the studying it and I was really smitten by the piece because it's it's 
in my opinion, it's the uh, only Rolex model in the current lineup from the two watches that really resembles most the, the original design. I agree. Yeah, the, the ceramic uh, uh, subs, they don't look that much uh, anymore. Of course, they are, they are changed. They are, they, are, they are better than the original. But with this piece, this is really uh, cool. And the interesting thing is, uh, I wanted to thank my dad, but also to make a heirloom. <laughs> and making a heirloom is like uh, doing a really nice inscription in it. And I bought two and give one to my dad and one to the, for myself. And there's an inscription on it uh, for uh, yeah, love uh, granddad and love dad. And I put the names of my old, uh, both daughters, so my uh, in it. So the, my dad is wearing the one of my uh, oldest daughter, and I'm wearing the one of my youngest daughter. Amazing. And then there's a in, on the inscription is also "Vitam um, uh, Explora," and then what means, um, yeah, uh, explore life, and then also like uh, a compass. And within the compass is a, is a mountain engraved. And of course, uh, the Explorer was used um, by um, uh, Tenzing Norgay and, um, damn, I forget the name. Uh, me too, I blanked. Oh out. man, sorry, I just forgot the name. But They uh, can Google it, it's homework yeah. for our listeners. Yeah, Google and, it, guys, and, awesome story. Yeah. Who, who, Give them a bit of work. Who huh? were the first guys yeah. who, uh, who, who climbed, uh, succeeded in climbing the top of the Everest? Yeah. So the, the inscription is, uh, I think, I thought the idea was okay, but the execution, execution is, uh, yeah, it exceeded my uh, expectation. Amazing. Amazing story. I love these stories. Yeah. And the gift, and or also, giving is better than uh, yeah, buying it for yourself. Always. That's a good thing. Always. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. What's your grill watch? <laughs> yeah, my grill watch, um, like every watch enthusiast, you have uh, several. For me right now, um, Today, actually, there's an auction in uh, in New York uh, from Sotheby's, and there's a Gianni Halper Antigua. Yeah, that's a nice piece. <laughs> that's that's really uh, really cool, uh, really strange kind of piece. Uh, yeah, marvelous kind of way of displaying time in a kind of Jules Verne case. So that's one for sure. Uh, yeah, but there are several, and yeah, also um, I, I I used to collect uh, uh, road bikes, steel road bikes, mm -hmm. and at the end of that journey, actually, when I got a little bit bored with it, I, I with the money that I earned from buying and selling, I, I did a bespoke bicycle road bike. So for me, the bespoke road is uh, is is grill worthy. Um, so. Uh, a bespoke piece from Vacheron. Have you met our colleague Dale? Uh, not, no, not yet. No. Yeah. He likes the same kind of watches. Ah. Mad cyclist. Yeah. Steel bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a knack for customizing, so I'll introduce you guys. Yeah, that would be. Uh, um, that's cool. Um, any more grill watches to share? Yeah, th this, this would be also. Uh, 
the bespoke function role like uh, perpetual calendar, calendar, but then in titanium. You were already bitten by the VC bug. You visit the yeah. manufacturer, and yeah. now you are, I guess, the biggest ambassador in the Netherlands now. Uh, <laughs> now I, I, I started. Uh, um, I started with iconic watches, but yeah. quite fast I went buying uh, fashion. And what I like about it is like that, it's it's marmite also. Uh, some people, uh, the, a lot of dealers say, yeah, Fashion will get it moment, but I'm not, I don't have the balls to buy it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not an easy, easy watch to sell. But the quality is uh, on par with, uh, yeah, with uh, the, the greatest Maisons. You know what I think? Fit. I think they belong in the Holy Trinity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they belong there. Yeah. And uh, of course. I think it's uh, very underrated. I agree with yeah. you. And when you uh, see what they have in house, and uh, yeah, that, yeah, it's it's and also if you go the vintage route, uh, route and the old Guilloche, uh time only pieces, if you compare that with Patek, <laughs> it's like wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you already know what's your next watch? Um. Yeah, yeah, I have a, I have a hit list, of course, uh, hit hit list for uh, private pieces, but also for my uh, for my business, and um, yeah, I, I I keep. But the the the, the cool thing is that uh, um, I don't because I have a, my business that I don't um, have to. I don't have to focus only on one single brand, mm-hmm. so I can buy stuff that uh, gets on a list somewhere. What you are actually, this is a rhetorical question. You said you love the hunt. Do you equally enjoy being surprised what crosses your path unexpectedly? Uh, I think that the, the passion buys. Uh, I, I've done a lot of passion buys. Yeah. And, uh, and when you start collecting and when you start also dealing, that's, that this is the, uh, the collecting uh, philosophy. You really have to be more focused. And um, that's what I find so interesting about Trent Mandelbaum and Ronnie. They're really strong in their focus. And they, um, you all also, all, all these old guys, they say quality, quality, quality. And it really. Um, yeah, buy what you like, but also be really strong on the quality. I agree, but I always add a disclaimer to that comment. All of them came up the ranks upgrading their collection. It yeah. seems as if they're heavy hitters, yeah. and from day one they no, bought triple no, no. A mint condition. No, 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 That's no. not true. No, the fun of the art of collecting yeah. is also the, the, yeah. the academic side of yeah. getting schooled, which you are yeah. very good at. Yeah. You absorb a lot of info. And the upgrading of your collection is fun. I do the yeah. same. I do the same with my sneakers. Yeah, no, it's tr- that's the truth. Because uh, also when you start like buying and selling, you you do it with your own money. Yeah. Uh, you make mistakes. Exactly. Everybody makes mistakes. And they're very important. And that is your uh, your learning curve exactly. increases like crazy. Exactly. So you really have to, when you put your money. Uh, on the table, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's where the, where it's get in, it's getting really interesting. And of course, you learn from your mistakes. I made some passion buys at at, at German watch fairs, 
It's working. Debatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I call it tuition fees. Yeah. Um, I put a gun to your head. Mention your favorite brand. One. Shotgun. Yeah, now for sure. Okay. But that's, that's and if you can add two more, quickly, at top of your mind. Uh, yeah, Very quick. It, it, um, fuck. It's, uh, yeah, Rolex, yeah. of course. But, uh, and then I also would like to add... Quicker, quicker. Yeah. Really difficult, the third one. Um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, not oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I think uh, that's difficult because. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, of course. MBNF. I always yeah? forget. Is high. Yeah. For you. Uh, MBNF is uh, for me uh, the long term uh, goals are are there. Cool. What percentage do you put between passion? And reason, emotion versus ratio in your collecting, personally. Um, it, for my personal long-term stuff, actually, that I really want to wear, I think the emotional, the emotion is really important. And that, uh, uh, and they, I do that like uh, the, the connection, like buying your stuff from first money, uh, doing the inscription on it. And those are pieces that I wear. Uh, for the rest, I, I, there's also you also have to think about uh, when I have to part with it. Is it a smart watch? So and that's the ratio. And um, of course, it used to be really a wrong kind of uh, saying like uh, watches and uh, investment. That yeah, I have an investment background is uh, I, I haven't been working in it but I, I graduated with finance and investment and the last couple of years uh, there was a really good return on investment on watches mm -hmm. so I will allocate also some some of my uh, uh, money into into watches so there's privately, the ratio privately or your business um, privately okay. put a percentage on it on the ratio? Uh, on that ratio? 80 20? 50 50? No, that will be. Uh, yeah, I, I will not answer this one. <laughs> about? No, about. Uh, no, I, I guess with you it's tipped to 80 passion. You're very passionate. Yeah, I'm very passionate. But I, it I, seems you hedge it with, with ratio yeah. a bit. No, I think with you, what, what's also about this, this thing is really interesting. Um, but collecting habits, what I want to add on top of that. Um, do you know Steve Hallock? Yeah. Yeah, de I know. dealer in the predominantly um, also uh, indie. Yeah. And he. I had, know him by name, not person. He had a really interesting uh, view also on uh, on the indies, and he was telling about like you have the first indies, huh? the the classic guys like Dufour, uh, uh, but also uh, Daniels. And the classic guys and then you have the more brutalist kind of the more modern uh Baumgartner steampunk movement yeah more steampunk Vianney Alter Vianney Alter those kind of guys and, and then MBNF is I think the second wave of yeah. different kind of shapes uh, I think how he he compared it with the art 
like yeah, the really. art movement, uh, like cubism, cubism or, uh, or, or modernism, etc. And I think you really have to think about like collecting. Uh, yeah, you, I think Indies are really uh, interesting, and and I wanted to be uh, more in the in the indie space four years ago, but it wasn't possible to enter that without any kind of background or <laughs> any kind of f financial uh, backing also mm -hmm. because it's still expensive yeah but for me that's where a lot of fun is yeah. uh, from uh, design but also from from hardcore watchmaking and uh, interesting yeah. last question what's your final tip to somebody new to the art of collecting and especially um <clears throat> Yeah, the, the, the thing actually, one of the best advices was like uh, when I started dealing uh, in Munich, when I, you go to these big trade shows, like just go buying, you know, buy and, and buy and do your stuff. And uh, because when you have the pieces in your hand, when you put your money there, then you really start knowing the pieces. The pieces. Um, you can't learn everything from uh, internet articles. You really have to study your shit. And that's uh, when you buy uh, a piece, you really know, um, yeah, you get to know the pieces. Then you start, then you buy all the books about the pieces. But, but for instance, when you buy a Speedmaster, you have to buy uh, Moonwatch only before, yeah? to really know the, uh, the history about the Speedmaster. Uh, because it's, it's a storytelling device. So I think uh, buy and do a lot of studying uh, because that's, it, it, it really um, gives the, the, the hobby uh, an extra dimension. Awesome. Wouter, thank you so much for yeah. sharing your journey. Thanks a lot. Find Wouter on Instagram at, at wrist icons, W-R-I-S-T-I-C-O-N-S. And what's your URL, wristicons.com? Yes, wristicons.com. Reach out to him if you have any questions. He's more than happy to help out. Thanks, Alon. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share that. And if you want to hear more, subscribe as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Art of Collecting Wristwatches by Ace Jewelers. This is the end of the podcast. Um, if you want to listen to more episodes, go to anchor.fm slash acejewelers. And don't forget to rate our series with five stars. Thank you and have a good one.